Yo, what is up, you guys? This is my final podcast of the year. Obviously, I don't have very many hours left to upload this again because it is literally the last day of the year. But I did want to do a UFC in review show before I ended the year because I didn't get to really um, do a review show on some of the later fights I just they just weren't as exciting in my mind, so I didn't want to to bore people with like a, a very technical breakdown of a few fights that I watched. But I did want to do a review of what the year entailed. So I looked up how many events there were. Forty one events this year. That's pretty crazy to say because there used to be like one event a month maybe two like we are really getting spoiled with MMA and you know I do watch more UFC than I do Bellator one championship or PFL or any of these other fighting organizations but with UFC alone there's 41 events there's endless amounts of mixed martial arts that you can watch and I am going to make it a point to try and at least once a month catch more than just the UFC, whether it be a fight night or a pay-per-view. I always make time to watch it, whether it's just on my phone or I'll do the split screen on my computer. But I'm going to make it a point to watch more because those fighters do sometimes end up in the UFC or have great careers in their respective organizations, you know. And so it's just, you know, more fighting, more more fun, uh <laughs> more beer. <laughs> but let's see. Counting down to the champions, I looked at all of these champions and two, three, three names stand out. Let's see, Alex Pereira, Leon Edwards, and Islam Mahachev. Right, all these cats won their new respective belts recently. Leon defeating Kamaru Usman conceivably after losing basically 24 minutes of that fight. Or he won round one, but he was losing overall. We all knew it. Um, we got that great sound note of Leon's coach telling him to pull it from the fire. Man, that <laughs> that gets me teared up and excited at the same time because you... If you've been an athlete, well, if you've been a great athlete in like a crunch time situation or where you just felt like you're underperforming, you know, you resonate with that feeling because it's like, no, it's not like Leon's not as good as Kamaru. They are both elite fighters. It's just that everything that Leon was trying to do wasn't working very well, except for the first round and... He just need to find that confidence in himself to, you know, unleash that kick, which he did. And I'm telling you, like, I was in Mexico, so we had this terrible internet, and <laughs> I was still trying to get the, the stream going. I went to go wash my hands because, you know, at that time, it was like, you get to the point in the fight where you're like, if this guy doesn't knock him out, then, you know, fight's over. He's just going to coast. And I, I swear to God, I get up to, like, start to wash my hands, and I see, like, the kick happening, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what happened? And I was 
yell I wasn't drunk. I wish I was. It would have been even more hilarious, but I was yelling in this resort <laughs> like, "Oh my god! Leon Edwards did it! Leon Edwards did it! What?" And, you know, I don't like cursing on the <laughs> the podcast too much, but man, it sounded like a pirate ship in my uh, condo at <laughs> at the vacation. Like, if you guys don't know or didn't listen to that podcast that I made, Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman both fought a long time ago. And I absolutely 100% believe that Kamaru Usman would win because he literally took him down and held him down for all three rounds, basically. And I thought that's what he was going to do. I do not know why. And that was my keys to success for Leon. I was like, if Kamaro thinks that he can be comfortable on the feet, he will get knocked out. Now, I didn't see it happening from a faint left to a left high kick. I did not see that. I wasn't going to say, oh, I predicted that. I did predict him getting knocked out if he got comfortable on the feet without the threat of wrestling. And the only person that truly threatened the wrestling was Leon because he was trying to just get something going. And in the last round, he just tried to coast with these little jabs and feints and in and outs. You find a kickboxer in kickboxing, basically, and unless you're going to take him down, like that's just not going to work. Um, obviously, I just said he was a professional fighter. He is one of the elite of the elite, but even elite fighters can make mistakes, and that was one of the mistakes that I thought um, Kamaro could have made for that to be a problem, and it turned out to be one, with one minute left in the fight. Hopefully they fight in March. I, I saw that there was a report that Kamaru might need surgery on his hand again. Uh, I think it's the same hand that's been bothering him for a while now, so... Who knows? I hope they get to fight again. I hope it's for another belt. I don't want, you know, as much as everyone wants to see Leon fight uh, Jorge Masvidal, he doesn't deserve another. He didn't deserve the first title shot. He doesn't deserve any more title shots. He's just a journeyman fighter that really hasn't done nothing that got really popular. Um, So hope to see Kamaru back. Man, but Leon really took that to heart, and you could see the emotion that poured out of him after after the fight. You know, Volkanovski, he had a tough fight with uh, Brian Ortega, uh, almost got him with that uh, guillotine, and he even said himself on the Michael Bisping podcast, he was like, I was going out, you could hear the gurgling, and somehow he outlasted his arm stamina, the guy... Literally, his name is Brian T-City, as in like Triangle City, Ortega, and he couldn't complete the submission, which is, man, great for him, but he's had a string of bad luck as of late. Which leaves me with Islam Mahachev defeating Charles Oliveira, which I thought was going to happen. I didn't think it would happen that easily. It happened so quickly. And people um, kept saying Charles can't be stopped. He has he has striking and and grappling. And then Justin Gagey comes out and say he was a he hit him the hardest. But it's like 
just like when DC knocked out Stipe, if you don't think that's going to happen, obviously that's going to be the hardest hit you've ever taken because you did not see it coming. Now, that's how most fighters get knocked out. It's because they didn't see that shot coming and they couldn't defend it. But in this case, Justin Gagey, one of the wildest and and heaviest hitters in the 155 division, wasn't really looking for Charles Oliveira to hit him. So when you get surprised by a guy that's not supposed to be a striker, yeah, it's going to hurt. And I believe Charles Oliveira has some heavy hands because he's a big dude. Like He cuts a lot of weight. He used to cut to 45, which was terrible. Now he cuts to 55. But Islam, you know, he is every bit of better than Khabib as a mixed martial artist. Now, as a grappler, I still don't think anybody can beat Khabib in pure grapple MMA. And I don't know. I don't know if I can explain it well enough on here to make you guys understand that that's just going to be me getting better as a podcaster. But Khabib, like never changed his plan, right? He he was going to take you down. He's going to keep you down. He's going to ground and pound you. Uh, he wasn't going to try to fake you out on the feet and strike with you. He was going to throw a strike for distraction to get you to the ground. Islam can stand and strike. He might not be the best striker, but if you don't give him the respect, he did knock Charles Oliveira down, and then right after that, he submitted him. So... With that being said, Alexander Volkanovsky has taken on the challenge of taking out Islam Mahachev to become a champ champ, just like what Connor previously did. Hopefully, if Alexander does end up winning, uh, he defends the belt <laughs> more than one time, right? Because Connor did it zero times. <laughs> zero times, period. And the last real new champion I want to talk about, Alex Pereira. We all know the story. Israel Adesanya is this world beater of a striker, which he is in his own right. Looks unstoppable in his last fights. He fought Whitaker early. It looks like uh, February 12th, which could have gone either way if it had different judges. But we have to go on with what actually happened. He ended up winning. Adesanya fights Cannoneer. Boring fight, but you fight a guy like Jerry Cannoneer and you don't respect his power and his punching, well, you're going to get knocked out. Won that fight. So he's fought two times before he fought Alex Pereira. And if you didn't know, Adesanya and Alex Pereira have history in kickboxing. Um, Pereira won both times. First time is kind of a toss-up. He could have won, but it depends on the rule set. And again, I admit, I don't know much about the rule set in kickboxing and in the many organizations over there that do provide kickboxing. But <coughs> but the second fight, man, he was losing. Pereira was definitely losing, but he got the power. He's just like the Deontay Wilder. Man, you let that punch hit you. <sighs> You are going down immediately. Which what happened? Sneaky left hand knocked him out. Um, obviously that still counts as a win, even if you were losing the fight the whole time up until that point. 
which again, it was one of those situations where he was losing the, to, in my eyes, he was losing the entire fight up until he touched Adesanya. Now, I will say, the few times he did punch Adesanya, he had him a little bit like, okay, he's he's still got the power. But I would not say that it was any sort of a threat to him losing until that um, last round. Or I, th- I can't remember what round uh, they ended on. Let me actually look it up right now. Because at the end of the first round, Adesanya did have him on the ropes. Whether or not it was before or after the bell, whatever. He went back to his stool wobbling. And that's really all that we're talking about here. Okay, so it was the fifth round. And there was three minutes left. That was the most surprising part about it. Because I remember watching it back. And I was like, man, why they call it? It seemed like it was a little early. But when I found out that there was three minutes left in the in the round, I'm like, if this is how the round is going to begin, he's not going to survive. Yeah, he's a champion, and you want to give him the chance of survival. But I, like I always say, I don't need to see a fighter face down on the canvas to know that he lost. Um, there's just some points where it's like, hey, you, you weren't going to win. Why would I subject you to more violence that's unnecessary? We know that you're a fighter in a fighting sport, fighting a champion. But I do not need for you to do unnecessary damage to yourself or receive more unnecessary damage from your opponent. When it's sort of clear that you lost this one. You know, it's, it's always up for debate, and we'll never know truly if he survives and then somehow does a headgate and knocks him out, right? We don't know if that's going to happen. Either way, Alex won. Can't wait. Well, really, you know, for as a selfish fight fan, I can't wait for the next one. Because if, if Alex just knocks him out again, it's just like... He, Adesanya can't beat him. (laughs) He just has his number. I think that's five times in a row they would have fought and he won. Or one, two, no, four times. Four times in a row that they fought and he won. And really, again, like Khabib, how he doesn't change up his strategy. Alex didn't really change up his strategy for that either. He kind of just punched him into submission. Uh, But interesting fights. You know, glad to see new champions. You obviously like a long title reign, like your Valentina Shevchenko's and your Amanda Nunez's, but it is sometimes exciting to see when the title changes hands. Um, excited to see John Jones back. He might be fighting Francis in March. It, it's nothing's permanent, so I'm not going to promote that fight just yet because. Light heavyweight still doesn't have a champion. Now, they do have an event. Um, they have an event upcoming in January. Where is it? January 21st. Tashira, Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. That will be for the vacant light heavyweight title. But uh, it's kind of, you know. Kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth because Blahowitz and Ankalaev ended in a draw. Um, 
And after watching that fight again, I could see why it was a draw. Uh, it's just frustrating because the title fight fell out because Yuri did something to his shoulder. Blahowitz and Nikolaev step up and then kind of have a subpar, not super exciting, super technical fight. No one gets crowned a champion. And then Jamal Hill, which if you're not like a real fight fan, you're just like, why is this guy getting a title shot when like Anthony Smith or there's a bunch of people up at the top that could deserve it more in the fans eyes. But sometimes the UFC does right, you know, fresh face. I know Glover Teixeira would like to fight Yuri Prohaska because of the war that they had. Um, when he lost the belt by rear naked choke of all things. But you know, we get what we can get. Uh so January twenty first, twenty three, we'll have Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill for the light heavyweight championship. Um let's see, Francis is still the heavyweight champ. Al Jermaine is the bantamweight champ. Uh that's a little bit of drama coming because uh Henry Cejudo wants to be back and and Sugar Sean O'Malley's on a streak. Cheeto Vera's on a streak. He should be fighting for the championship, but I think he took another fight somewhere else. I can't remember who he's fighting. Um, oh, Ch- Corey Sanhagen. Wow, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, he's, so he's fighting Corey Sanhagen um, February 2023. Let's see. Flyway Davis and Figueredo. Oh, that's an interesting one because I think he's fighting Brandon Moreno again for the fourth time in the UFC. Let's see. Does he have it scheduled? It does not look like he has it scheduled. UFC 270? No. Gonna look him up on this Wikipedia. But this is a big deal because they already had three fights that were pretty eventful, sort of say. Both, uh, if you are not a big boxing fan, it wouldn't make sense, but. Brandon Moreno is um, Mexican. He was the first Mexican-born UFC champion. Not the first Mexican champion, but the first Mexico-born Mexican champion. Because a lot of people um, cite Kane as the first Mexican champion, which he was. But he was born in America. So everybody needs a little bit of recognition and distinction, distinction, you know, per the times. Everyone needs to be recognized for... Some sort of reason. Uh, But he fights like a Mexican fighter. And if you watch boxing, they're kind of like, go forward, go with the punches, and then uh, outlast their opponents. You know, let's see, does he have one scheduled? Davidson Figueredo. Versus Brandon Moreno for, <clears throat> let's see, I guess I gotta look this up on the actual internet because it's not in his Wikipedia. 
versus Brandon Moreno. Looks like it's also on that uh, January 21st card with a Glover Teixeira and Jamal Hill. So that'll be the fourth time that they fight. But Davis and Figueredo, so he's Brazilian, speaks Portuguese, doesn't speak English. So it's kind of hard, again, if you're not like a true, true UFC fan. First off, they're in the smallest male weight class, which is 125 pounds. And doesn't speak English. And then he's he tried to do a sort of a heel thing where he was like the bad guy. But he's really not that bad of a guy. He's pretty respectful. But he packs a punch. He has power. Um, he would be successful at 135 as well if he were to move up, in my opinion. But they have in in argument... This fight would have never happened again because uh, I think he did a low blow and he got point deducted. So there was one tie or draw and that's why they're having this fourth fight. Let's see. Yeah, the first time they fought, it was to a draw. Second time he lost to Brandon Moreno. And then third time he won against Brandon Moreno. And they he i guess they just want it back because it was kind of the most exciting fight ever because for some reason Brandon Moreno did not get knocked out by any of those punches he hit and also Brandon Moreno has been on a bit of a tear himself he fought Kai Car France and he looked like a world beater that kick to the body man it was smooth and I was just like, okay, this is a real test to see if he still deserves to fight um, Davis and Figueredo again, obviously. And he passed that with flying colors because that was here in Dallas. I remember watching it. And easy like that. Made him look like a rookie. But hopefully that fight does well again. I'll, I'll be excited to see that. Um, moving on to women's champions, Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes, Valentina, and Zhang Weili. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Got interrupted again. You know, these things, regular people problems. Uh, as I was saying, <clears throat> Zhang Weili, she's had a little bit of up and down ever since she became the champion. Uh, she lost her, the fight to Rose, and then got decisioned, fought Ioana again, KO, uh, essentially retired her, and then won the belt again from Carla Esparza. Uh, Carla ended up being beating Rose with, you know, wrestling, but she really, Rose really didn't go for it. She wasn't really aggressive enough for what you would think a champion would be and uh, Carla Sparza had no chance against Zhang Weili. Uh, she's just too much, too much volume, too much power. Um, it's the same way Carla lost the belt to Ioana. Ioana was just way more aggressive, way more accurate. And she couldn't keep up. And if you guys didn't know, Carla Sparza was a first ever 115-pound uh, champ after uh, beating Rose the first time. So 
everyone thought the rematch with Rose would have went a different way because she was just young back then and essentially went exactly the same way. It was kind of weird. But for for the foreseeable future, I don't see Zhang Wei Li losing anytime soon, even if she has to fight Rose again. Um beat Jessica Andrade really quick. Teacher Torres, everybody she kinda just beat really quick. And the only other person I can see her giving her problems is um uh Tatiana Suarez. She just announced that she was coming back after a series of neck injuries and such, you know, she's a wrestler. So they tend to have more neck back issues early on in life. Um, and she's just been, when's her last fight? June 8, 2019. So she's been out for a long time with this neck slash back. Slash, I think she had like an arm injury as well. Um, let's see. I don't see any specifications on her injury. As of now, but she did announce that she was at least in the works of coming back, which is great. Um, obviously, again, I think I I don't know what I said earlier, but Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes is just subject to whatever she kind of wants to do. There's no, what's hilarious is there's no one at 145, and there's a few at 135 that she hasn't fought. Valentina kind of is in the same place. Uh, she'll lose when she chooses to, although versus Talia Santos, I was not sure that she won. Um, it was really close. The accidental headbutt really saved her with that cut opening up on Talia Santos's face. But outside of that, you know, the champions seem like they're going to stay for a little while. The biggest question mark being... Who's going to be the light heavyweight champ? Will Yuri get an immediate title shot once he's back? Can Alex Pereira beat Israel Adesanya again, if that's the fight to make? Is Aljamain Sterling enough to hold off Henry Cejudo? Who knows? Uh, Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno is just going to be a great fight. Islam versus Alexander. If Alex pulls off the improbable, will that be an immediate rematch? Who knows? Everybody wants to see Valentina versus Amanda again at a different weight class. And Zhang Weili is kind of like in her own world. So the review of the UFC, man, it was a pretty good year. Uh, I want to do more in terms of covering fights and Watching fights, obviously, you guys know my goal is to become a part of the MMA media one day. And if that ever happens, I'm not going to stop podcasting. It's just going to turn into a standalone podcast by itself. But, you know, cheers to 2022. Thank you guys for listening, paying attention, sharing. It's been a wild year. And an even wilder end of the year. And I can't do more to appreciate you guys. Uh, I could probably come out with some merch or something. But, you know, again, things take time. 
Uh, I want it bigger, better, better in 2023. So cheers, you guys. Have a great night. Have fun. Be safe. Make it to the new year, all right? Love you guys. Peace.